right. You unmuted? <laughs> yes. All right. There we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show, episode 64. Uh, okay. I just make sure okay. everything's working. Okay. We're good. Okay. I'm just making sure everything's working. I feel yeah, like we're still new I, with the Zoom. You know, we I used feel to like the every live time setting. I do this. Yeah. There's a learning curve every single time. So please but forgive us. We seem but to be welcome. Good. Welcome, everybody. Um, good to be back. Good to see everybody. We're back. Billy's back on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Sadly, I love it here, but I miss. I love. Home <laughs> yeah, you said that. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm happy to be back in the West Coast, but I love New York. Yeah, it's know? good. It's good to have you in New York. Yeah, it's good to be there. Thanks, man. But, but anyway, um, we have a very special show today. I like today's show. Holy I'm hyped for today's show. I'm stoked. Switching I've been spending a, a lot bit. of time with Michelle actually yeah, uh, lately good. because we both live in Long Beach. Yeah, yeah. Your mm -hmm. neighbors. She's such a ripper. I'm, I'm really stoked for this. She one. is. I know. When I skated with her in Puerto Rico, too, I was like thoroughly impressed with everything about her, her personality, the way she skates, everything about her, her presence. She's awesome. So I can't wait to have her on and have her explain, you know, her her point of views and everything to everybody. But yeah. you want to hit it off with the spiel? Yeah, of course. Um, as always, if you could, please follow us on all of our platforms. Facebook, Instagram, give us a like. Our YouTube channel is really cool. If you go there, give us a, a subscribe and then hit the notification bell. Commenting, interacting, sharing, all that stuff really helps us with the algorithms. I don't know. Something mathematical, but it's really cool if you could do that. And uh, yeah, we have iTunes. Go on there. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. All these interactions really help us, and uh, we appreciate that. And um, as always, like we encourage, our pe we encourage people who are watching live to, if they have any questions, uh, we do a question segment at the end of the show where we um, we try to get to our super we get to our super chats first, and the money that comes in the super chats goes directly to the person or the charity of their cause. Michelle will be putting hers up for a charity. She'll be talking about that on the show. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind if you have questions that you want to directly ask her regarding everything. Yeah, and uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to our Patreon supporters <clears throat> this month. Our new supporters uh, we have Chris Braun, Brandon Criblin. I think I got that right. Daniel Huang, Trish Alexander, and I think we have a cyborg who donated. The name is PE85. So wow. thank you everybody who supports us on Patreon. And we got to do another supporter giveaway. So we'll do that in the next episode, actually. Yeah, and we're, uh, we're, we're definitely going to do something for when we get our 10,000 mark. We're almost going to almost 10,000. Yeah, for Instagram. You know, I know. That's he's, not got a, big, he's got that 10,000. That's not a big deal that? for some people, you know, but in, in blading, we appreciate what we got. We're trying to build, you know? Yeah. And in our community and, you know, all skating communities, as this show is extends past rollerblading and, you know, all wheels actually <laughs> for everything. But yeah, so when we get to our 10K, we're going to have a little 10K giveaway and a and... little party, maybe, maybe a flashback on some episodes, you know? Oh, we could do that too. Yeah, I we like could that. Do that. Who knows? I like that. We could do a bunch of here. stuff. We'll have a week long extravaganza. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Before we begin, we also want to let everyone know that we teamed up with Hit Bomb to get everybody 15% off their entire order of CBD topicals at hipbomb.com. So, oh, we don't have I got to be honest, time. Austin. You know, I tried some when I was in New York and I was stoked on it, but uh -huh. I need some now. I know. I hit on up the Brian. the West Coast, I don't have any. I know. I hit up Brian Jacklone because uh, he's the guy in charge over there, I guess. And yeah. uh, he said it's on its way. I'm like, yo, it's been a while. I need, I'm, I'm fresh out of drops. I need more drops. <laughs> no, it's really good because... Um, like I said, the, the CBD bomb is like for anyone, I have a, a really bad ankle. I had surgery on my ankle. Um, so I put that on my ankle when it's like swollen from like, mm -hmm. cause it's just it still gets swollen after like a long day of skating or working, whatever. And it's like tiger bomb times 10. Mm -hmm. You just feel it instantly. And it's just like heat and the heat and the cool and 
it's really cool. Yo, it's good stuff over there. And uh, yeah, so Hit Bomb is uh, Hit Drops are 100% plant based CBD rich. They come in uh, cinnamon flavor and they have unflavored uh, <clears throat> drops also. Um, and they also have Hit Bomb Topical Pain Relief, which is also 100% plant based CBD bomb. Rub down your sore muscles, joints, anything, all those aches and pains go away. Um, you know, we get we, aches and pains. We definitely get the aches and pains, especially That's at our it. ages. <laughs> and um, if you go to hitbomb.com and use jump uh, code jumpstreet at checkout, you'll get 50% off your entire order. They also have free samples on the websites too, if you wish you want to try it out. Uh, you just pay for shipping. It's like uh, 50 cents or something like that. So check that out, hitbomb.com, use code jumpstreet. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Thanks for bearing with us through all this stuff. You know, we go, we like to give a uh, shout outs to all of our patrons and all these things. So yeah, thank all you. supporters. But we so, have a very special guest. I'm yeah, very we got to get right to it. We got to get right to it. So without further ado, everybody, welcome Michelle Stylin. Let's get her in here. No, oh. we got you oh, vertical. You're flipped <laughs> again. There we go. And you're also oh, muted. Perfect. <laughs> you're also All muted. Right, okay, there, there you go. go. There we Hi, are. guys. What's yes. up? Yes. I loved your intro. <laughs> Were you watching us on the live on the yeah, like, I another was. phone? Yeah, I in the chat. <laughs> I really need that CBD bomb, too. You mean, I wrecked so? myself yesterday. Ooh. We got to talk to our sponsor. Maybe we can get you out a, a little package. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah, real. Yeah, I seriously need it. I wrecked my shoulder last night. In San Luis Obispo Park. Oh, that's I'm like I like can't do my hair or like oh, open it's like my that. garage Damn. door myself. Miguel, like he put my deodorant on for me this morning. <laughs> it's really sweet. I'm surprised uh, not everybody in California has that CBD stuff since you know all that cannabis is all good and gravy over there. Yeah, I think I just use it out and then don't replace it when I'm healed. Yeah, that happens but. too. I'm not hitting you up. I can get my own CBD oil. <laughs> How's your shoulder? Uh, it sucks. I don't know. I've got like swell bow and amiibo, but I was just having too much fun. You know, it's like, it takes yeah, some time no. to get to have fun. And then once you're having it, like, then you're not having it. Ugh. Yeah. No, I've <laughs> seen you like, in, in the zone before and it's, it's a special <laughs> thing. You're definitely... Ugh. Have you ever been to the San Luis Obispo Park with like the giant waves? No, but I think if you guys went with Joe, I think I saw it on Instagram on Joe's. Oh my Instagram. god, Joe is incredible. Oh, he skated with yeah. Joe. Yeah, like it's life changing watching. Actually, that's why I'm hurt. That is crazy. I like saw that line, and then I'm like, oh, he gives me the power. Yeah. I tried to hit the wave as high as I could, and I don't know. I pushed away from the wave and like went smack to flat bottom. No, you totally, um, totally like one of those skaters that feeds off it. Like when we went skating last week, like when all the energy and people there were like, you know, you had some girls on roller skates, there were like some some people on blades, and then everyone was just like ripping to, and some people on skateboards, and everyone was just ripping around. And you you do good in those. See, like me, when it gets that crazy, I get like nervous, a little shy. You really rise to that occasion. You get like stoked and, and rip way more. It's like crazy. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I love good energy. Oh. I, I, I need to like yeah. get rid of my thoughts. I noticed That's that good. too when we, we skated in Puerto Rico too. Every skate park we went to, you went out there and you were almost always the only woman there, almost always the only roller skater there. 
and you just didn't give a fuck. You just went out there and you like busted that ass and you shot, <laughs> you shot up everybody. And it was, it was really <laughs> sick to see. Um, yeah, I guess I don't see like, I don't know. I don't really feel like a woman. Okay. <laughs> I don't like, I'm like pretty gritty and I don't really think of it. I don't know. I get, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I just don't let that bother me. <laughs> I hear that. What a background, by the way. Look at this. Where where are oh, you? Yeah. So I even like this is really skimmed out too. I had a big um, garage sale and like it was insane. I all my like friends talked me into it. They're like, we're gonna run the garage sale. You don't have to do anything, and we're trying to like slim down and move out um, and get out of this garage. And I went outside and there were like people that just didn't look like my neighbors across the street. It's like an hour and a half before it started. And I'm like, oh, I need coffee. I don't know what's going on. I hope they're not here for the garage sale. Like I got my coffee. I'm wearing Miguel's like size 12 shoes. And then I went out there. I'm like, you guys aren't here for the garage sale, are you? And they're like, yeah. And all those people too. And there were like 80 people. And Whoa. by by eight o'clock the garage sale had wrapped all the way around the block there were we had to let 10 people in at a time we sold thousands of roller skates because i've been i'm a bit of a hoarder like yeah my dad's an antique dealer and he's always told me like if you get a if you can get a lot get a whole lot of things like he used to buy lots of like baseball cards or barbie dolls he was a toy collector yeah and so every time a, like a, a roller rink goes out of business, I'll like call them and ask them for their skates. And I've just been like hoarding skates for some like par rental party business that I'm going to do at some point. No and now way. that we're like totally out of skates, we had this big garage sale and everyone that hasn't been able to get skates because they're, we're completely out. I'm sure you like, I know rollerblade companies are having a hard time keeping yeah, skates in too. stock. Like we just had... It was insane. It was it was a beautiful day. But That's actually a really cool idea that the calling up the roller rinks that close and just getting all those skates. Yeah. That's brilliant. Savage <laughs> skates. Savage. <laughs> You're just like stalking them, waiting for them to fall, and then you pounce. No, 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 no. I'm there until the very last celebratory skate, and then the next morning I'm there. Yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to try and buy whatever memorabilia. I'm just, I'm a big fan of skating like mm -hmm. I like memorabilia I like old stuff I collect all the cases there's like a lot of history and like awesome there's just a lot of history in in roller skating yeah you even have some ice skates up there too yeah we I make see. ice skates yeah like we we make so many roller skates at Rydell and Rydell is uh tradition they make ice skate they are known for ice skating more than they were roller skating before roller derby's resurgence but they were like hey, like, I don't know what's going on with like how you're able to make so many, how, how you're able to sell so many moxie skates. Do you think you could do that for the ice side of the business? I'm like, Ugh. I, I like even hired an ice skating coach. Her name was Slice Princess. I knew her from roller derby. I like tried Slice to get good Slice Princess at ice is skating. a sick ice skater name. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roller, roller derby skaters have, they're, they're pretty punny. We all have like skate names. So do roller ring skaters. I don't know. Bladers don't really have skate names. They should. Cool. Where did that? Where did I that mean, come from? I mean, in New York, we all had nicknames, but I, I don't know if that was a skater thing or if that was just a New York thing. That's a New Everyone York thing, had. I think. We all really. Had. What were yours? Well, mine mine was Fish, but I I grew up with kids named 
piss, pups, and roach. But <laughs> piss was like Chris Pisacani, roach was Chris Arocho, and pups was like Mike Papalardo. So it was like <laughs> Chris, pups, roach, and fish. Yeah, so everyone had uh, nicknames like that. <laughs> nicknames are great. Like, I think it's a really powerful thing in skating to have because it's like, if, like if you pick up skating as an adult at least it's like it affects your life so much that it's almost like reinventing yourself yeah with a new name. that's a good way to look at it is there a history with the nicknames in roller derby because um well roller derby was like a staged thing in the very beginning like so yeah like they had their stage names everything was choreographed right. not until like 2001 did uh, skaters create like a real legitimate sport okay so so now that this is a good place to kind of I'm sorry I don't mean to grab it and take control but take now that we're talking about the beginning of things like I, I would like to know the beginning of your introduction into skating or and then like yeah the maybe the beginning or intro to kind of this the skate roller skate culture because as you know, like Austin and I aren't fully immersed in this and probably could, you know, learn a thing or two. Learn a thing or two. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I was um, like, personally, you want to know? Uh, I'd like, know maybe both. But yeah, you, you, your introduction into the world uh, and then like that, the beginning and the, because you said like a lot of, of, of that was changing in 2001 and kind of the, yeah, because I'm curious. Um. I do have a history of roller skating video if you want to see it on the Moxie Skates YouTube channel, but per I don't think I've ever gone into my personal history, but I like really liked gymnastics, but we didn't, I, I liked like flipping in the backyard. So okay. I wasn't a gymnast. I was a cheerleader, like tumbler, mm -hmm. like taught myself gymnastics skills to do yeah. cheerleading. And I really wanted moon shoes, like our yard was small. So I wanted like those per moon shoes. Nickelodeon came out with these like shoes. The bouncy ones, on right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hey, we talked like, about this before. <laughs> yeah, my dad was just unconvinced by those. He's like, those don't work. That's like, that's some computer program. He, he meant Photoshop, but I don't know. If it was <laughs> but he like found, he, um, he found these like old school roller skate bottoms attached to like big bed springs. And he gave those to me and my, my dad skateboarded as a kid. He tried to get me and my sister to skateboard when we were really little, like five and seven. And I was, I hurt myself and I like cursed it and hated skateboarding. It was like, they fall off I, or skateboards fall. Like I fell off of it and I hurt myself and I'm not good at it. And my sister and my dad were really good at it. So um, these like spring shoes hurt my feet. Like they weren't working. My ankles were like twisting and turning. He confiscated them. And then he was like, I know what to get you. Like the next time I see roller skates, I'll get you a pair of roller skates. They're like skateboards, but they don't fall off. And um, so then he like took me to a roller rink for my birthday. We had, I had some birthday parties at the roller rink when I was like six, seven, eight, nine. And oh, those um, are fun. I, got, I remember those. <laughs> yeah. Celebration station in Philadelphia. I had a birthday party and I like really love, I don't know. I just roller skated at the roller rink from, I roller skated in my basement until I was like old enough to be dropped off at the roller rink. So when I was like 12, 11 or 12, my parents would drop me off at the roller rink and I would skate sessions. And um, yeah, I just like really loved skating a lot. Um, I went, my sister went to skateboarding camp at Woodward. Um, I think it was like 92. 
uh, and 93. And she, she was like, she went to skateboarding camp, but she was too shy to like go to sleepaway camp by herself. So my dad signed me up for gymnastics. They didn't have a cheer program yet. And I wasn't a gymnast. I only knew like floor stuff. And I hurt myself in gymnastics and I couldn't do anything for the rest of the week. And I was um, like sitting at the canteen and I met this kid's Jason Stinsman. (laughs) And I remember like the first question I like the first thing I I was watching all these kids in the street section, like rollerblading at the skate park, like in the street section. I thought I remember thinking like, man, they're creating their own roller coaster. Like, how are they doing it? I was just bored and injured and like, contemplating doing it myself and then I asked this other kid next to me who was injured Jason Sinsman like hey do they plan it before they go or are they just like going Mm -hmm. like are they and he was like do uh it it depends like who you are like everyone's different I don't I don't know what those guys are thinking but do you want to try it like I've got rollerblades in my cabin and you can try them and I was like yeah I want to try it like I hurt my wrist and I can't do gymnastics so I like put his, I think they were like Jay Nakahara CI5 glow in the dark size. CI like five. 10. Wow. <laughs> and I was like a size four or five. <laughs> they were like really big, but um, I like went right to the eight foot spine and like was pumping back and forth. And then he like came over on crutches and was like, if you drop in, I'll just give those to you. So then it was like this mission to drop in. And yeah. I remember just like, for hours I was trying to do this and I kept falling and then I finally did it and he was like yeah I'm like celebrating and then like I don't know someone was like you peed yourself (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't know but I was like peeing a little bit every time because I was falling so hard no my pants were wet and uh, so I like I don't know I went home I mean I went to the cabin and like I had just I exchanged, you know, became like not a pen pal, but like a phone pal of Jason. He lived in Allentown and people from summer camp are from all over the place. So that was like local compared to, I'm from um, like, it's a county Northeast of Philadelphia, but Bucks County. And it's really close to Lehigh County. So we were like phone pals. And then I remember when he turned 16, he like came and picked me up and um, we went to like Lehigh and went street skating. And I met a bunch of like, kids from Allentown that rollerbladed. Um, my dad took me to a skate park, like in between then, it was really embarrassing. <laughs> he like, I don't know, he's just, <laughs> he like took me to a skate park after I told him about camp and took my sister there, but he was also skating and I was watching cause I just like, I don't know, was intimidated and didn't want to do it. Um, but he like tried to drop in, he did drop in on this like, nine foot quarter or seven foot quarter pipe and like fell so hard oh, damn. Um, but that's how I found out about cheap skates and then when I got my license which was after Jason I got this little my dad gave me like um this pink moped called a Velocifero and I used to drive my moped and my rollerblades to cheap skates and I would skate there um that's cool that was my rollerblading so that was your yes. rollerblading intro. Yeah, I like love the mini ramp. I had a lot of great friends at Cheapskates. Cheapskates was like a staple back then. Like everyone knew about yeah, Cheapskates. Yeah, the Philly area. Yeah, it was it was a it was really cool because um, you know, I, 
it was like summer camp is like the it's like you're a mini adult you're meeting people from all over the world and all over the like out of you know not in your hometown I mean you guys are from the city so it's probably different for you but like when you're from like a really boring town in the middle of nowhere like you've got so many people to be friends with and my parents aren't from that boring town and I'd like I don't know I didn't really we didn't really fit in there yeah so when I went to summer camp and then like went to cheapskates I like made my own friends it was the first time meeting my own friends and yeah um and there was just like a really positive vibe about rollerblading like the people that I remember like they all held each other accountable and were really positive um I'm not just saying that like uh <laughs> it was like Brandon Fabiani and Mark and Dre Englehart and J.R. Halleck, rest in peace, Brian Woods, um, Tyler Hank. There was this like crew of skaters. Tyler Hank, yep. They told us that we like, they, they would kind of shame us if we said we couldn't do something. Like you can't say can't, like just believe in yourself. And that was like Sounds the like first time movie. I ever had like a, a friends group that was like really positive and yeah. I don't know, That's Cheap cool. was a special dirty place. <laughs> That's rad. I like hearing. <laughs> I like hearing those outside perspectives. Like when you said you started, like before you even started skating, you were always wondering like, how, like, are you like contemplating on what tricks you're going to do in a line? Like I never would have thought about that normally, you know, cause it's subconsciously just something you do as a skater and to hear something like yeah. that and all these new people skating, I get like all these new perspectives and that's like so, so interesting to hear that. Cause I would have never thought about that on my own. Yeah. Like, do you plan it? Cause I, <laughs> I still wondering. <laughs> memory. I'm still debating it. Like I have a terrible memory. <laughs> And I, I can't plan it. I just, I don't know. I, I guess that's why I really like bowls. I was about to say, like the way the way you do it, like I think anyone would would ask that same question, especially like how I, how you were just that that last line at Houghton the other the other day was just like so lined up everything. So yeah, I could see if like you don't know anything, or even if you do, you you'd be like, wow, that seems very planned, you know. But I guess it depends on who you are. Well. Like filming skating is different than like enjoying skating. Hmm. Like you have to plan that. It definitely is. Yeah, filming. Yeah, because you're like taking someone else's time away from their session. Like Mikhail loves to skate, so like to ask him to film something is kind of like it's a big deal. Like <laughs> I feel like he likes that though. I was gonna say I oh, think yeah. he likes filming as much as skating now. Yeah, he's so good at it. Like everyone's always commenting, like, who filmed that for you? Like he's yeah, really he's, good at it. He's got a good eye for that. It's mm. funny. I'm like good eye for photography and art. And but you're a really good filmer too. Cause when I saw you chasing Miguel in like mini ramps and stuff and you're right behind him and that's Miguel too. He's probably one of the hardest people to film on a mini ramp. So you're right. Up there. Yeah. He teaches me. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm good. He would not say I'm good, <laughs> but I try to be more like Miguel when I'm filming. I thought you were good. Yeah, I saw the clip. I saw the clip. It looked legit. <laughs> Thanks. So, so how did you get? Because you know, everyone that that knows you, especially in the skate world, knows you're like you know a staple. You're a legend. Like Long Beach. Like you know, we went out the other day to the beach, and you know, anyone on skates is like, "Hi, Michelle." Everyone knows you're around town. You're like the mayor in the skate world. But how did you make that transition from like you know cheap skates to? finding like, oh, roller skating is like my thing. And then that journey. Um, well, I started a company and 
I'm like, how do I, uh, I've lived on the same street for like since 2007. So that probably has a lot to do with how the locals know me. Um, I've yeah. lived on like, I've been living here for a while now. Um, but I remember like being, I, don't know, I guess I'm entrepreneurial. Like my sister and I used to always have like our own little garage sales and like sell lemonade and make potholders and sell at the post office. And we were always like, I don't know, we always wanted to be like selling our own stuff. Um, and I remember when like names were on inline skates and thinking that that was their companies and being really impressed by that. Hmm. So like as a kid, you see like John Elliott and I just thought that was John Elliott's company. I didn't know that like Razors was like sponsoring John Elliott. And like, there were all kinds of rollerbladers that like had their names on products. Um, and then like, uh, I went to Temple and I did like, I skated a lot in uh, like in Philly. Um, there, Cecil B. Moore Alleges were right across the street from my dorm. Nice. And I used to like have to go past Cecil B. Moore Alleges when I'd go to cheerleading practice. Um, so I made a lot of friends there. And then I moved to California after graduating from college. And I like, I just knew I didn't want to like be a doctor. Like I studied psychology and cognitive neuroscience. And I didn't like want to, I, I just felt like I went to college because like people told me that I had to go to college and I didn't want to keep going to college so I just like promised myself I would take a year off to just do nothing and like maybe like just let this whole thing settle and like see if inspiration strikes career-wise outside of like psychology or going back to school. Mm -hmm. So I moved to California and I joined roller derby. Like just before I moved to California, I went to like a skate contest, the gravity games, and there were um, roller derby girls passing out flyers about roller derby and I hesitated like and I thought maybe I shouldn't move to L like maybe I shouldn't move to California even like I hated the weather on the east coast mm -hmm. got like a lot of metal in my legs I'm very active and yeah I like just hate how cold it gets and and I wanted to like take a break from that I always wanted to like go to California and like skip winters and um there were like roller derby was starting and in, in Philadelphia back in 2005. And I thought there's like, this is like, I would love a group of friends to skate with. Like, it almost seemed like a cheerleading team, like a bunch of women working together, like a cheerleading team, but on wheels. Uh, that was like totally. my first impression of it. So I was, I asked them all kinds of questions and then they were saying, no, move to California. Like that's where we got started. They helped us get started, the LA Derby Dolls. So I moved out here, looked up roller derby, joined up immediately. It was the first thing I did. Um, I was waitressing and babysitting and really taking it easy and really loving roller derby. And um, I got like my first real job out of college working for an action sports marketing agency and um I was like writing I don't know doing PR for like skateboarding like skateboarding instructional videos like weird products um like athlete production companies that were selling shows and uh I just thought I should like I should somehow like combine what I know about like, like I wanted a roller skate brand, but I wasn't a good enough skater. I was good at roller derby, but I didn't feel like I've never, still never feel like a good enough skater. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's a good attitude to yeah. have. 
Yeah, I don't like, I mean, knowing who Fabiola da Silva is, it's like, I remember when roller derby started, I wrote to so many inline skaters on like MySpace or Friendster, or whatever the like message thing was then and being like, yo, there's this awesome thing. Like, come over here. Like, it's so cool. Like, you got to play this game. It's so much fun. It's a full contact sport on skates and like just not getting any interest. Um, but I wrote to a letter, like I wrote a PR letter, just like I did at work to like all the roller skating manufacturers and um one of them like responded to me and wanted help in marketing and then I like pitched this idea of doing an outdoor like awesome skate brand that was like colorful and high top and vintage inspired and we could go anywhere any place on skates not just like in the rink I had a feeling like that roller derby might not I don't know it was just there were a lot of like cultures clashing between like sports enthusiasts and like non-sports enthusiasts and it wasn't it, it was just like <laughs> roller derby was like a very um laborious sport like it's uh it's something that you 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 pay money to do and you dedicate yourself to a committee to run the business and then you also play and you then also run the productions and break down the productions and sell the tickets and promote the, the game and it's like it's just a lot of work as a yeah. player so I don't know. I wanted my own roller skate company. And then I worked for free for a while, like doing product testing and um, just learning from like a consultant there uh, named John McFadden that like taught me a lot about product development and the industry and the history of roller skating. And I just really fell in love with it and pitched a brand to Rydell um, and they were like, prove that that market exists. So then I opened up a store and I I like didn't advertise roller derby. I sold roller derby skates to my teammates, but I advertised like high top black, white, tan skates to prove that there was a market for like moxie roller skates. And then the market was there. And then, yeah, now I've got a skate brand. That's a like that, huh? <laughs> yeah, just like that. <laughs> It was like, boom, like the biggest skate brand too. You were manufacturing them themselves before Rydell was making them though? No. What? They, you just straight went to them with the design and they manufactured everything. Like you didn't have any prototypes or anything of your own first for the skates? No. So I was a customer of theirs first. Like I sold their skates and like everybody else's skates first. Like I opened up a store and I sold all of the competitors of Moxie Roller Skates. Um to prove that there was a market for them to back the idea of creating prototypes. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. So I had a store for like, from 2008 till 2010 with no products, like just selling and promoting skating before like I got their source books and started to create a prototype with them. So they like every, prototypes in Made in America shoe manufacturing is really different than like working with like working with overseas suppliers like we actually have like you know there's an old guy lee who's got little glasses like this and like <laughs> he, he's a tailor and he like um he like pan cuts all of the patterns out and then um like he hand makes the skate they're not they're they aren't like mass-produced molds they're made out of like leather leather outsoles um our moxie skates have now a mass-produced pvc outsole but um, there aren't like, we don't have molds, we've got dyes and we use these like, like 
uh, cookie cutters that like punch out leather, which we call dies. And then all the pieces go down an assembly line and are sewn together. That's like a work of art then more than a skate. Yo, it is so a work of art. Like there are people that I know that like I've grown, like I've had the company since 2008. We've been making the skates for the last 11, 10, 11 years. And they're like people that's like, a lot of people that are related to each other or like have hired their hired their sons and daughters, um, aunts and uncles, like many people are related to each other. And the skates go see 85 stations and um, like each person has like three, four stations. And yeah, it's really beautiful Whoa. how they're made. There's like people there with like fingertips that are like giant marbles because of the glues that they handle when they're like <laughs> doing soling and it's really cool. Jeez, that's- I like... mean, I really think, I think blading could really take a page out of like <clears throat> the, just the design aspect. It looks so, the roller skates look, look so much better than roller blades. They're just done so well like really <laughs> side lining as well yeah that's we really food. should come together because i think like we should we should we would probably make a few bucks <laughs> <laughs> let's get some of those cookie cutters like... off of the leather i'll sit there with a cookie cutter all day yeah oh, all day <laughs> <laughs> like it's so hard to um like our market you i don't to compare like the product development i'm sure like most roller skaters listening to this are like take a page out of our book. We need to take a page out of your book. Like we've got kingpins that are scratching the coping and like mm. our products need to be designed better to be used for like, well, I look at inline skates and I'm like, damn, they're just made for it. Then I put them on and they just feel so different. Yeah, and I just yeah. have to like, wait for the market to grow enough. And like for the, all the, all the companies to be on board with the same discipline to be able to justify the expenses that cost to start that mold making process like the ufs system is like that was kind of a miraculous thing that happened right like mm -hmm. that history. really did help a lot yeah that was a good technology yeah it'd be rad if like all the skate companies could come together and be like all right we're gonna do this for roller skating but it'd be cool it's not the same I can see like, yeah, it's different companies, different hurdles, bigger industries. So maybe harder to work together and things like that. Yeah. Or smaller, smaller companies all trying to work together is harder. Oh yeah. yeah. That makes sense. What's your, uh, what's like your direct involvement with Moxie now? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the CEO of Moxie. So, so you do just do everything. Like you just like, you no. oversee like you, I'm saying We've that you oversee five employees now, thanks to like the big craze, like roller skating craze that's happened with like gym closures and yoga studios closing. Um, mm -hmm. We went from like a staff of seven to a staff of 35. There's like seven people working before the pandemic. Yeah. Well, we also oh. were, I mean, <laughs> like I'm counting, like we do all the marketing, product development, research and design, like, uh, um, we have a website, an e-commerce site that, so we sell a lot of skates like direct to consumer. Um, but yeah, there's like 35 skaters that work with me now. It's really, really amazing. But personally I do like, I do all, I'm in charge of all the product development, all the marketing. Um, I work with the team manager on like skate sponsorships and the e-commerce, um, like our e-commerce guy, Brian, who's, uh, and Kiana, who were implementing like a big brand ambassador program. We did like, we do, 
we work like we have a lot of skaters that have codes and we share our profits with the skaters and we're working with that program to try and like not so much sponsor skaters and just give them travel budgets but to create like employment opportunities with skaters because we're adults and a lot of skaters like they spend a lot of time skating and they would love like jobs in skating well that's how you and, and, and honestly not not to keep drawing parallels but i think that's where where we make a big mistake we don't take care of our own <laughs> and that much in blading and I like when I see industries do that. Skateboarding does that really well. And apparently you're doing that, which is like how you make things sustain. Like it's very obvious, right? Like, do you want to like reinvest in your people who care and love about and love it and actually are truly invested, have skin in the game? It seems like a no brainer. That's awesome. Yeah. That, you can do that too. And like putting your trust in startups and like just <laughs> trusting that there's going to be a process like when you have to choose what, like which charity to donate to, you know, you can choose from the charities that like everyone knows about, or you can choose to like answer the email from a small, like couple of skaters that are trying to make a difference within skating and like give skates to lower income skaters. You know, like it's, it's those little moves, I think that try that like, help sustain a, a small economy like that. Like rather than give to big corporations or big charities, like looking for who's like, where the dollar is gonna be recirculated in skating. Love that. That, that. That's exactly what all of us are looking for pretty much. And especially coming from another industry that's also small too. The same thing and just keeping the money in the sport the way we can, you know, people like, like yourself making your own skate company, like us rollerbladers, like John Julio making his own skate company. These are the people that need to be supported. Everyone like knows that now too. So we're all coming together to support each other so well. And that's awesome that people are getting turned on and knowing to like who to support for the most yeah. part. That yeah. seems really yeah. cool. And it's great to hear that you're, you know, the pandemic is sad, but it's it's good to hear that, you know, your company's growing in such a in such a way where, you know, you can give back to the people who are rolling the skates. That's cool. Yeah. You said something about like the ambassadors for your, uh, for Moxie. Do you actually sponsor skaters? Like do roller skaters have sponsors or are they just like ambassadors? And I know it's 2020 now, so it's like different with social media and stuff, but are there, is there like a Moxie team too? They're, they're okay. So we're dropping the word team from our marketing because it's very exclusive and it creates feelings that aren't inclusive. Um, we flow a lot of, so we don't, last year we did like travel budgets, which was like the worst year to ever try a travel budget program um, because it, you know, everyone's travel plans got canceled, which sucked. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like, so we've always had skaters uh, on a Moxie skate team and our deal was always to give free skates once a year to anyone that's sponsored by moxie roller skates um but that's evolving the program's evolving uh just this year we started um like with the pandemic a lot of people were unemployed so outside of the moxie skate team we uh gave out codes and offered five percent off of customers and then did a five percent to the skater and that like helped a lot of people like that were unemployed during the pandemic um, and yeah, now we're like 
we've seen how that program worked and like a lot of skaters that are sponsored by moxie like they just like they want to feel supported and promote skate like be able to promote moxie skates more easily and we've offered like we've offered budgets in the past and like they haven't used them which is really interesting wow yeah um i think skaters that do roller skating are i don't want to generalize but um i think roller skating is about like feeling connected and being a part of and just like feeling feeling loved really like skating gives you a lot of self-love it makes you feel connected to friends and um doing it together and like the vibe staying high is probably the most important thing that like any skater I've seen like has been asking for you know everyone at their own free will can start whatever they want um but no one's like I mean recently (laughs) we were like it's hard to make an even team and like, Hey, so we've always wanted the team to to be even like to give everyone the same. And then as like social media has become such a big influence on skaters, like their value starts to change because their promotions are seen by more eyeballs. And then, so then, and some people um, are going to promote more and some are going to promote less. Right. Well, and some are going to promote less and just more eyeballs are going to see. So the value Mm. of the promotion becomes an advertisement Mm, and then they expect more. And then the team becomes less about fairness and like being a crew that rolls together and makes content and like videos that inspire other skaters and more about a job, a serious job. So now we are like growing into bigger pants and creating more jobs for skaters rather than trying to create equanimity or equality in a skate team because mm-hmm. it's that's really difficult to manage yeah we've had skaters like equality in terms, of, say, in terms of pay yeah yeah like you owe me 2500 bucks a month because yeah. my value is so much bigger than everyone else and i'm like well i'm sorry but i'm not going to give that to you because i can't give that to everybody else so right see you later that sucks yeah. bye like grow bigger without us see you later. <laughs> yeah that's a perfect way to think about it too because that's the number one reason at least for us why skaters stop skating is because of the money like you can't can't afford to sustain yourself so you just move on to other things you quote unquote like have to be an adult but if you could support yourself through skating or through ever what you love to do then you could keep doing that for as long as you're able to stand on your feet and you doing that is a huge step towards making that happen yeah you can't pay everybody you can't sponsor everyone so it's just better to like not have a team so that you can flow as much, like I want to flow as many people as I see out there pushing it, like altruistically repping the brand or raising the bar in skating, like skates, like here, like I acknowledge you, I appreciate you. Thanks for raising the bar. Like, but creating like a ton of jobs is really, like you can only do, I don't know, I feel like I can only do so much. Right. And like what I can do is like appreciate people as much as I can. Yeah. And you're, doing the be- and you're doing the best you can. You're promoting, you're, like you said, you got 35 employees. So definitely giving back. People yeah, are eating. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, let me, let me ask you, Um, I think I remember 
one of the first videos I seen girls doing tricks in on skates. And um, it was a few years back. It was like this really big video and I was super stoked on that. And was that the beginning of this whole style of skating that way? Or had this been going on for a while? Like girl, you know, girls doing tricks on roller skates. Like, I don't know. That was a new thing to me when I first saw that. Um, there was one video that I did with bones bearings. That one, that's the one that that I was, that I was like, Whoa, what is this? I didn't know this was happening. That went viral and was really cool. Like there were all kinds of like pro skateboarders, like reposting it. I remember I walked into the Pike, which is like our local bar in Long Beach and like getting a slow cap, a slow clap from like leo romero and like the toy machine guys like oh sick welcome to becoming a pro skateboarder <laughs> it was like it was his friends uh it was like so you're a pro skateboarder now and it was just like really weird i think it was just like a beautiful uh like collaboration i like the way that it came about was i was skating in the street i went past the red room there was this tall black guy with a shirt that had a big Philly P on it. And I was like, yo, Philly. And he's like, <laughs> no Get over here. He's like, what do you got in your wheels? And I said, what? These? Like, what do you mean? He's like, what do you have in your wheels? And I was like, he's like, I'm the rep from Bones Bearings. And I was like, oh yeah, I got Bones Bearings. And we started talking and I'm like, I'm from Philly. He's from Philly. And then uh, he like started, we exchanged information and he started sending me all these like, clips of what he's been recently editing and I was like you know like Bones makes skateboarding or roller skating products like there's a brand called Roller Bones under just like Eulogy Mm -hmm. in Bones like makes wheels for roller skates that are like you know some of the best wheels in the on the market it's like Powell right yeah yeah Powell yeah Powell Peralta Mm -hmm. has like skateboard company but then they also make bones wheels they make roller bones wheels eulogy wheels Mm -hmm. and bones bearings all under the skate one house and um so i was like when are you gonna make a roller skating video like let's do a roller skate edit and he's like and i had gone to the firestone ditch with my ex-girlfriend amy and her friend vanessa torres and uh leroy baker and we went we were skating and they were like I don't know. They were just so impressed that I was roller skating at the same like street spot as them. And so I like Vern and I were talking about like going to iconic blown out street spots and had like making a video of that. So we did, it took a few months. It took like six months and yeah, got this really awesome response. It was like, I was getting sober at that time and um, like sober from alcohol. And it was really rad because it was like the first thing that I had like accomplished you know that I had to show up for that I wasn't late for um and like once I like once we finished the video it got this really amazing response and it was just a I don't know a big motivation of like what you can do with like a clear mind and conscious and then I was like, this is so selfish of me to put out a video of just me and I've got this brand, like let's put a team together. And then we did a helmet video because I got a lot of backlash for not wearing a helmet. Um, so a lot of skaters that skate at the skate park come from roller derby mm-hmm. or they saw that Bones video I hear or the, or now it's like, I've seen, I saw the Moxie skate team 
and now I skate. Um, but there was a lot of like backlash about me not wearing a helmet. So I found a helmet sponsor. I made a helmet and we did an S1 helmets video with the Moxie skate team. And there are a bunch of other skaters in that. And that did really well. That one's got like, I don't know, maybe just the same amount of hits as the other video. Um, yeah, those ones went big. Millions yeah. of times, right? Yeah, those ones went big. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's cool. <laughs> um, that's good. Super cool. Like, I'd be stoked. Yeah, we're far yeah, from those I'm numbers. Really, <laughs> I feel way too lucky. Like I feel way too lucky. I really <laughs> am so grateful. Like really grateful for my life. Really grateful for skating. Like every day I wake up and I'm like, how can I, how can I make roller skating better today? How can I cultivate culture in roller skating? What can I do today? And usually it's just like, be nice, be patient. <laughs> <laughs> Those that, those are good pieces of advice that I think every human can apply. Be helpful. <laughs> Just be nice. Life. Be Just patient. In life. Yeah. Yeah, be good. patient. I to, really. I often need to tell myself those things because I forget. So it's good advice. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you something based on that video with bones, because I know. I mean, stop me if I'm wrong in any part of saying this, but that brand Impala makes roller skates as well as rollerblades too. So it affects both our industries. And they're coming out with these like inexpensive skates for people to get into. And people are like, there's people who are like, so for these companies coming into our industry, some people are so against these businesses coming into our industries because they're owned by skateboard brands. That's similar to bone, similar to eulogy and stuff like that. And like, if we, I don't know what side of the fence you're on, but what, like, why would we be supporting brands like eulogy and bones, which our industries have been supporting for forever and then not do that with something like Impala. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like I, like, I hate Impala, but it's just a part of my journey, like growing a business. Like mm -hmm. last night, like after I was hurt, I looked over and saw like this empty hockey rink and there were two groups of skaters, like just learning how to skate in the dark. And I went over there and I was like, yo, I'm a teacher at that. Like, is there anything you want to learn? It looks like you're new. And they're like, uh, like looking at me like I was weird. And I said, oh, but I also like started Moxie Skates. I don't know if you've heard of that brand. And they both had Impalas on. And they're like, what? Estrogen? No way. Like then they like connected the dots. And then I taught them like how to transition turn, how to jump, how to spin. And both of them had this like shame, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I've got these skates on, like I'm saving up for Moxie skates, but you know, you can't even get them right now because of the pandemic. And um, like, I hate Impala because they're started by, you know, I know that like the, the roller skate and rollerblade sales are fueling like their other companies that they <laughs> own, like, I don't know, maybe they'll come out with some company message and lie to us all about how they're not, but we've got like friends that work at that company that have told us that like, oh yeah, they're floating the skateboard team. We date those, we date the skateboarders and they're laughing there that like all these sales are like promoting the marketing for their skateboard team. And mm. I don't know if that's, I mean, that's just hearsay, but I was like at this lunch table where my friend like turned to me and he's like, I, you know, I've been waiting to show you these text messages from the Impala reps. Like, and he showed me these messages straight from Impala reps. They were like, we're looking for younger girls to come. We're going to make this skate that's $100 cheaper to compete against what Moxie's got going on. Can you suggest any girls that we can, like, that we can 
uh, flow these skates to. And I was just like, ah! wow, yes. direct. Yeah, what the hell? Direct. That's oh, crazy. Yeah, like I'm reading it uh, from, and from the horse's mouth. And it's like, it's maddening on, on it's maddening because like they're cheap skates and they're terrible for the environment. They're going to, you know, they're not going to, there's not a lot of integrity behind their products. And they're not going to put same, the money that they make back into the industry. That's the important they're thing. They're not going to feed it back. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. I, I don't know what the future holds, but um, yeah. Like yeah. they also, like I can't get into Zoomies because they've got a 300, you know, page application that like would take probably a week and a half of our staff, like of the admin at Rydell to fill out. Like and like we can do that, but we already did that with Urban Outfitters. And like, how many like big box stores and chains can we not supply with the like capacity levels that we have? So on, on one level, it's like awesome, you know, that they're able to have. They have all this money. Like they're some of the richest people, the, the richest people in Australia. Like they're on like the top ten richest people in Australia that yeah. own that company. They're not made in Australia. They're made in China, but like they they buy their way on consignment in these storefronts in like in stores that we can't get into so like mm. the main mainstream like the mass public like sees that and like they get into skating and then they really get into skating and they probably find moxie skate camp which is like the real deal like that's mm -hmm. the experience that's where you're gonna like meet the skaters that you've been like wanting to meet all your life or like you know the last year of instagram that you've gotten into this and like and like get lessons from them and like be around skaters that maybe are even in your city that you've never met before like culture happens where skaters convene and that's like whether it's like honest like the company that you work for and like if they're supporting skaters or like the summer camp that you go to like i think creating culture is probably the most important thing that you can do as a company so impala if you're listening hire skaters you know, pay skaters, pay skaters fairly. Um, yeah, they've done a lot of stuff that's like, I think really been horrible and, and pissed off the community. Um, you know, fucking Paula, like if you're a skater yeah. and you're listening, like, like start a charity, start a skate company, create products, create culture. Like it's the skaters that I hope are listening. And like, it takes multiple podiums to like raise an empire, like to raise a city. And like the more skater owned, skater operated companies that are out there working with people that they know, like that just the whole like bit supply chain of like ordering from, like ordering from a company in China compare and relying on like old molds compared to like ordering from a made in America factory, like you know, you could start a company here, but you probably don't own that factory over there. Like pretty sure Impala owns that factory over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like for, I don't know, support skaters, support the people that you know are creating culture and skating. I don't know if I answered even a question. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> that was awesome. Everything you said there was 100% true that people should be putting their money in the right people's pockets. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I asked you that, I didn't think you were, I didn't know that you were going to actually come out and say like, fuck Impala. Like, like they, they don't like Impala. Um, 
but to say that people are supporting people like you, which is a company that like, you know, they actually care about their products. They care about the rights. They care about supporting the industry. That's like the most important thing. And that's something that you say Impala isn't doing. And how is that different from, I'm asking this, I'm genuinely curious now that we're on the subject, like you said that Bowens makes a roller skate bearing company. Is that different supporting that as opposed to supporting a company like Impala? Are they putting their money somewhere else that Impala isn't? Like George Powell is like the owner of the company and I walk into his office and I present like an idea for a product like a wheel and then we end up creating a wheel in a factory that's in California made right. by people that we know mm -hmm. and people and like that's a company that that like has created a ton of jobs for skaters that Absolutely. I'm going to run into at the skate park like that's There's that's different. different. Yeah I hear that. That's just different. Um but no, that, yeah. like also things are changing like things are evolve like things are evolving without like when you buy made in america our employees are more expensive and products are going to hopefully made with a lot more care um and how can i say this um I think I just lost my train of thought, honestly. Um, skate's going to be made like, with more care. I'm trying to say <laughs> skate shop. I'm trying to talk about skate shops. Yeah. Like, it's it's really hard for Impala. Like, there was a big kind of breakup recently with, like, Moxie Skate Shop and, like, and Moxie Roller Skates. And it's because, like, Impala has, like, bigger margins than us. And... Oh, no. Did we lose Oh, Billy, you there? I'm here. Oh, there we go. Okay, okay? I got a little glitch on my end. Okay, I'm I sorry. I wonder if that was divine intervention. No, no, no. Continue, <laughs> on. Continue on. Um, like at the skate, I don't know. Like being able to like be a with the internet comes solving a lot of like kicking out of middlemen mm -hmm. and people that are like actually skating and like on the scene skating and like care first about skating more than they care about maybe like just other really important things yeah. are going to be able to like lead or direct skating more because they're like with their bodies actually contributing to skating yeah and like whether or not george powell's doing that i don't i don't think so but like his employees are and mm -hmm. like my employees are and and like the Moxie skate shops employees are too, but mm -hmm. the skate shops, there's like, <laughs> it feels like there's this elephant in the room where like, you know, as a, you can, with more money, you can reinvest into skating more easily. And skate shops are very, they're unique places. There's not a lot of roller skate shops. I don't know, are there a lot of rollerblade shops? Are there a lot of- Not many, skate shops? No, not really. Not many. So I, like a lot of skate brands like Powell, like Powell, Moxie, we sell direct to consumer for people that don't have skate shops, but it's happening in a place that like also came from a skate shop that was local that we started and that we sold to a manager that like was more of a, a part of the scene and then money gets involved and like margin, you know, you have to like, money gets involved and everyone's trying to survive 
and they start selling Impala and it gets it's cut like through. a real uncomfortable thing. Yeah. Oh no, no, I didn't know that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like to survive, you have to, you know, you, to survive yeah. or to grow, you, you're going to like chase the money and sell more of, you know, sell more skates. Um, mm -hmm. And Impala is offering skates. So they're selling skates. So people are going to buy them and people are going to sell them. And yeah, business just like puts borders around things. Yeah, capitalism at work. It sucks. Yeah, it really mm -hmm. sucks. I didn't mean to uh, push like a soft spot or anything when I asked those questions. I just genuinely was curious about that. And I feel like you answered them perfectly too, because now people know exactly where to put their money in the right places which I think was just helpful in general. But I just want to say that I didn't mean to trigger anything. You, you got like super uh, excited about talking about, you know, the differences between the two. But uh, I just wanted to say that, you know, but there people, were good answers. No, that's what I'm saying. Like th those were definitely great answers. So people know now exactly where to put their money and, you know, where their money goes to when they support a company such as Moxie compared to, you know, other, other brands. Um, yeah. And like, I don't mean to like, I, I do want people to support skate shops because skate shops employ skaters, mm -hmm. um, like in like support skate shops, support wherever the culture is like attractive, really support skater. Like, no support the culture. That's what it is. Yeah. Support Straight the up. culture. Like if skaters, even if skaters are just employees of a place, like it's, that's good. Like, a guy's making money. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel that. Um, I want to open up. This has been a lovely talk. I got a few more questions. I think Austin does too, but yeah. we should open up the chat to people who are watching live right now. Um, if anyone has any questions, that's cool. And while we don't, um, we're not trying to push especially hard for people to do super chats, but we've noticed people have been doing super chats during some of our lives. And we've decided to, with that time, offer our guests if they want to give uh, half of that super chat money to a charity or something like that. And uh, Michelle, you said you had a couple of charities that you'd be willing to give some of that money to. And hell uh, yeah, cool. So there's a new uh, there's a new group called BlackGirlsSkate.org, and mm -hmm. uh, their mission is to raise skater visibility and increase skater safety practices while providing positive and safe spaces for new aspiring and professional skaters. Through providing financial support with skater resources, producing community events, connecting black skaters, creating and disseminating educational materials. So that's where I wanna donate whatever funds from the super chat go awesome, to. Awesome, Very cool. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we, we got some questions. If you guys wanna get your um, questions in order right now, that would be cool. And we could just continue it on. But um, so but going back to the roller derby leagues, I didn't know you had started a couple. Uh, yeah, so I first started with the LA Derby Dolls. That was a bank track league that had a difficult time like they're all skater and skater operated businesses. Roller Derby, if you study it, is like just the sickest economy. Like it's the raddest freaking economy. Like it's all skater owned, skater operated. They never sold out to ever to any large organization, even the Olympics. Like they created their own associations to control fair sportsmanship. And it was difficult to like the, the sport really is, it, it succeeded with flat track derby 
um, because you didn't, you could play flat track anywhere, any place. You just like lay the track down with tape where bank track, like the old school, you know, version of roller derby was played on like a ramp. Um, that it requires a lot of like, you need a space and you're going to need to pay rent. And like right. the business is going to be much more important because you need a warehouse to be able to house your track. So I started with LA Derby Dolls, but we were practicing flat track, waiting for the warehouse, the next warehouse to happen. And it was like, just, I don't know, over a year that we didn't play an actual game that was on the bank track. So there was this flat track league emerging, an association called the Women's Flat Track Derby Association then. And um, there were 26 leagues and our league refused to play the flat track leagues because there was a, a league in Austin, Texas that started as a bank track league and then um, broke off. And then there was a flat track league there. So there was like this weird time period where like bank track leagues only supported bank track leagues and flat track leagues were flat track leagues. And like the Rat City Roller Girls came down to LA and um, were like, why aren't we playing all the flat track leagues? Why do you have to be bank track? Like there's all these other leagues and we they refused to play flat track leagues at the time. Now they everybody plays each other. Um, or like the LA Derby Dolls have a, a flat track league now. I don't know, Roller Derby's really um, quieted down since the pandemic and I don't know much about the scene these days. Uh, but so I helped start the Angel City Derby Girls and it's now Angel City Derby, but it's, um, I was one of the first members, like the first, one of the first skaters to walk off and like go to the coffee shop and say, all right, we're starting our own league and it's gonna be a flat track league that plays in LA because those, skaters don't want to play flat track leagues that are local. So I helped start the Angel City Derby League. And then when, um, then I moved to Long Beach. I don't think I had a car. I think it was like bumming rides to practice. And then I started the Long Beach Roller Derby after I started my store. Um, and that league was really exciting. <laughs> we, uh, it didn't last very long. I think it lasted four, three, four seasons but it was a really rad league that had a bank track that um, the, like my ex-boyfriend who I moved out to California with had built that track and there was a lot of heart and we sold out every game that we played. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up leaving Roller Derby to create, um, I had started Moxie Skate Shop and the Moxie brand but there was a confusion, I think, with estrogen and roller derby and recreational skating. And not until I really left roller derby and started skating on ramps was that like difference, you know, clear with my identity. It was a bit of an identity crisis being a <laughs> roller derby skater and then like wanting to have a recreational skate brand with like soft outdoor wheels and high heels. Well, I guess sometimes you got to figure that stuff out. You know what I mean? Test the waters everywhere to find what fits best. That's some badass shit, though. You, you, I can't believe how accomplished you are in in roller skating. It, it's crazy to to hear all the stuff that you've done. Uh, you keep mentioning all these things are like all, all these things have seen me happening in Southern California or at least LA, like roller derby, uh, the Moxie stuff, even just general well, like quad skating girls. What was that? Also, she was Harley Quinn in Birds of Prey. Oh, really? Last year, yeah, I did uh, skate doubling for Margot Robbie. That's huge. And yeah, like, that did is. a sketching scene behind the car and learned how to fight on skates. And like, how did you land that? That's crazy. Getting it because that's a huge Hollywood production. 
Yeah. Uh, I did. Oh, I have it right here. Part of my reach. Nice. I did this workout video. Okay. <laughs> That's not my butt, but the section is called that I host is called Booty Call with Estrogen. It's like really not appropriate nowadays. <laughs> but we did this like roller skating workout video and we trained at a stunt gym. And the one of the producers that's also like in in this go go gidget Erica Tremblay um, was called for a suggestion of like who would be the best you know per candidate to like that we could attach to the back of a car and like fight on skates and uh, go go recommended me and then I was hired on on the stunt team which was rad like it was the most insightful coolest experience I worked for three months like training how to be a Harley Quinn swinging a mallet learning to kick on my skates learning all these different tricks and then like almost none of it was in the movie <laughs> uh, no way <laughs> yeah but like the whole experience was really cool like being on set and being on location like having a trailer getting my hair and makeup done and like becoming a Harley Quinn every day for work was just like like life it was life-changing it was so radical life-changing in the sense that like now every time I see a movie I like can see the reality in it now it's not like just a mirage of movie so magic. much work goes into those productions it's insane to see it happen in person totally yeah like I eat shit I like got overly confident and like fell off the back of the car and and like and like let go and rolled really close to the camera car and 200 people like come running out of this alley thinking that I really got injured and I had like fake blood all over and they're like treating so no it like it was real, real yeah. <laughs> yeah it was crazy and like the stunt coordinators like She's made a rhino skin. Reset. She says she's fine. It's okay. <laughs> they were like, there's like 200 people working on set at all yeah. times. It's wild. There were like eight Harley Quinns. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like there's like the stand-in. There's the main double. There's Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie. Mm -hmm. uh, there was another, there was a derby double. Um there was an acrobatic double, like someone that did acrobatics as Harley Quinn. Yeah, there were a lot of Harley Quinns. Dang, that's sick. Did you meet Margot Robbie? Yeah. She they cool? actually like hid me from her in the beginning because I was like, <laughs> mm, like, I don't know. I'm musclier, my butt's bigger. <laughs> I needed to like lose weight for that. <laughs> um, so they hid me from her in the beginning, but then like the girls on the stunt team, like the birds, like the actual stunt birds were like a rad team. Like they like, when I finally met Margo, they're like, all right, we're going to impress her. We're going to set this scene up. We're like, you're on the carousel and you do a big backflip when she walks into these big barn doors. So we like set that up and I went, like I did the backflip and Margo like dropped her bags and was like, oh, okay, I feel so much better now about the skating scenes. Let's talk about the surface. <laughs> it was like the first thing that she said to me. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Margot's really cool. She's very smart, like so talented. She wasn't like just Harley Quinn. She's like the producer of the film. Oh, dang. Yeah, she's really rad. Well, shout out Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah, cool. She's if you catch this episode, woman. yeah. <laughs> hopefully she'll catch this episode. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um 
let's, I guess this question is starting to come in now. I guess we yeah. need to open up some questions. Sure. Uh, first shout out to Topher Klemek, who uh, super chatted $50. He said, I love your attitude and drive. Go Temple, keep pushing. Yeah, to you. <laughs> um, Fish, were you looking at any Thank of the questions? Yeah, uh, did you want me to ask it? Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Megan Peterson looking. says, how do you describe roller skating as a sport? And how do you feel about high level skating and more expression skating or skating to skate not competitive, not competitively as athletes? I left roller derby because I didn't like the competitiveness of it. And like, mm. I'm camera shy and like would probably never compete if I didn't feel like it was serving something other than myself. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like the idea of sport. Like roller skating makes, it changes people's lives. Like it gives you this like feeling of freedom and like, love for yourself in your like you're on your own personal journey kind of getting better quickly over time and like i just see it as like an art more than i do or like a like an activity or a hobby than i do a sport like mm. i love me some roller derby like i love men's roller derby i love i love playing co-ed roller derby i've never played sports before roller derby i cheered Mm -hmm. Like since I was six, never played any sports. When I started playing roller derby, it was like, you're playing offense and defense at the same time. Like I'm a fan of roller derby, but like when you're actually a participant and trying to like, I don't know, like win and get somewhere further and like you're disappointing others or you're becoming the best and then people don't like when you're the best or, or like you're losing and then you feel like a loser. Like there's just so much intense emotions that I really would just prefer to personally avoid. <laughs> like I just like skating to music or like teaching someone how to skate so they feel better. And like roller skating is more of a feeling to me than like, than a sport. And I'm not against sports, but like I, I, I am kind of against the Olympics. <laughs> and like, oh shit. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't like what the Olympics do to people. I don't like how intense life becomes when you're trying to like get a medal. Yeah. You, th you think you, you, so I see what you're saying. Like it t that kind of competitive aspect of taking too far, it could take like the pure joy away from the essence of what you think is the, the joyous thing about skating. Yeah. I can like it's not about that. collecting trophies or like becoming famous or becoming rich like it's so much more than that it's yeah. something truly priceless that you can't buy it's like just feeling happy like feeling feel happy like... it's hard to find damn that's, that's true that's real. I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to cut you off in the middle of saying something so no, no. profound but um I, i've always been able to I, i've always felt the same way like the i feel like the competitive aspect is kind of just a way to market it to sell it to people who aren't involved like to to sell the competitive aspect and some things it's really hard to figure out how to make these things competitive that isn't like intrinsic in its own nature naturally you know but i feel like that's the way just part of trying to get it out to people which is yeah some people like that that's cool some people don't but yeah i can i can relate to that sorry to interrupt you on your happy when you're no. saying something. Yeah, for, for an activity that naturally has no points, no rules, nothing like that. It's it's kind of like 
restrictive to be able to be like, hey, these are the rules now. And this is how we're going to judge you guys on what it is you do. That's not why you started in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, like they're just glorified shoes. Like they're, they're just shoes that make more sense than other shoes. <laughs> you, know, you can do like you can dance in them, you can ramp on them, you can play games on them. But like the essence of skating is like just feeling good in your body. And I don't think that there's many things that you can feel that like immediate connection with like you can't skating. You just reminded me of something that I wanted to ask you before actually about um, the whole California scene and everything. Cause when I think about roller skating, I think about like California and LA and stuff like that. Is that influenced in you or your brand in any way? The whole like long beach, California living vibes type stuff. Like how, how yeah, is it influenced actually? So I didn't know that rollerblades just had, or I keep calling them rollerblades. I'm sorry. Like it's like so <laughs> good for you. Um, um, like I didn't, when I was a kid, when inline skates were invented, I didn't realize that it was the soft wheels that made them like ingenious. I thought that they were like a, just a new invention because I, in my opinion, I think that roller ranks wanted to keep roller skating inside because you can't control what's outside unless you're selling roller skates. And California, like outdoor roller skating became a thing and I don't think it was ever, at least in my lifetime, like it started to die when I was born. It was like at its biggest height between 78 and 82. And I was born uh, at the last day of 1982. And we did, I didn't know anything about outdoor wheels. I thought you had to experience roller skating either inside in my basement, because if I went outside, the hard wheels made it feel like the skates were gonna break and I didn't want them to break. Um, or you had to go in the roller rink. So inline skates were like so magical because they had soft wheels that went over like, you know, they absorbed all the cracks and shocks and asphalt of outside. So when I like I started playing roller derby and one of my teammates was like, yo, you'd be so much faster if you put soft wheels and like they make you work harder at practice. And then just before the game, you put hard wheels on. Mm. And so I like took my soft wheels outside and started practicing. And I saw this like this old, this old person in a purple bikini, wearing purple hand weights with white skates and purple laces and purple pom-poms with a purple scrunchie. And I was like, I want to be that person when I'm old. <laughs> what the hell? That's awesome. Like, okay, so outdoor, and then like I started looking at roller skating magazine, and roller skating magazine was kind of like it was like a lifestyle magazine about that roller skating craze in the late seventies. And there was a whole scene of outdoor skate dancing that like, you know, you can get a little taste of in Venice. Um, but yeah, roller skating in Southern California was like an actual thing that I had no idea about because I thought like the only, like the only roller skating that existed was like, you know, you couldn't do it outside. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it had a big influence. I was like, wait yeah. a second, I need to tell the East Coast that you can do this now. I could see uh, that you totally. can put soft wheels on quad skates and go anywhere. So that was like the whole, the whole spirit of the brand was like, doesn't have to be played in a sport. It doesn't have to be intense. You can go anywhere, any place and use these as like transportation. Maybe these are the actual shoes of the future, a novel concept that just like needs to be dusted off. But yeah, like, sorry. Like I know rollerblade, like I knew inline skating 
and Daily Bread and Angie Walton and like no I don't know her personally but I like was always like I I know about the culture yeah. yeah I'm aware of inline skating and that's like where most of my influence comes from is like is where like inline skating it was not roller rink skating roller rink skating I didn't see how rad that was until I was like 25. There is a black skating culture inside of roller rinks all across the country that has been keeping roller skating alive for generations. And like, you feel this like amazing energy when you go into like an adult night at ro- like at any roller rink that has it. Um, it's like, you can tell that like, I mean, I've been even told that there are skaters there like skating with deceased relatives. Like that's where they share their like spirit wow. time with their family members by like just grooving to the music. That's real. And like every, every city has their own, like a, like Chicago has its own, its, its own style. Then uh, Atlanta has its own style. Then Philadelphia and New York and Southern California. In Southern California, it's like a, a, uh, they they have they have these skate parties that are like three nights in a row. They have a host hotel, and people from all around the country like go to that city to experience that culture. We it's called the Cali Slide here in Southern California, and like the California style of skating is like little tiny wheels that make you feel much more grounded like it's like smaller makes you feel grounded and then they slide so there's Mm. like this um stepping sliding spinning style to california roller rink culture and yeah i just have to say that that like um with like social media and like the the promoting of skating nowadays especially with like the pandemic and tiktok um, having like viral vid- videos go viral. Um, there's this, it appears to be that there's this whitewashing of roller skating culture. And I think that like the cultures just really need to be connecting and respecting each other's histories and spaces more. Um, and we need to know more about each other. Um, but like what I was seeing when I started Moxie was like rollerblading and roller derby coming together. <laughs> That's cool. That's, you know, that's the, that's the American story, you know, bunch of mesh, a bunch of things up and things get cool, (laughs) like jazz music. Look at that. I think a lot Um, of our, a lot of our audience members would be impressed with your knowledge of, of uh, inline skating. I I don't think they were going to expect any of that. I was about to say, what a complete answer. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, that was awesome. Um, So to go back to some of our, uh, yeah, we still have more questions to some of our questions of our listeners. Matthew Rice is a very interesting question. Hmm. It seems like roller skaters are more connected with skateboarders and less with blading. Indy mentioned a lot of skaters not wanting to be connected with blading. Why do you think that is? Hmm. Um, like personally, I don't make roller blades. I promote roller skates. Yeah. So I don't promote skateboarding or surfing, even though I do those things, or mm-hmm. rollerblading, like, I'm mm-hmm. like, just roller skating, like, that's my area. Yeah. Um, I think that there is a lot more skateboarders than there are rollerbladers, and that's probably the simplest reason why yeah. people are more, like, they, they skate more with skateboarders, because when you go to a skate park, it's really rare if you see an inline skater there, 
And it's mm -hmm. really rare if you see another quad skater there. Yeah. But there's always skateboarders there. So I think that's probably the reason why, like there's more skateboarders actually skating at the skate parks. And that's, I think where quad skaters go to practice skating. Totally. Um, you guys skate. We also have trucks, like they're- Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's similar in that way as well. Like my personal experience is like being a role, like I would go to the skate park by myself um, because I found like if I brought girlfriends, it would be dramatic, like as a kid, be like the girls, like the boys and then the boys and the girls would break up and then I couldn't <laughs> go there because then there were vibes. So I like always like had this personal role, like do not date a rollerblader. <laughs> like this is your thing Michelle like don't mm -hmm. mess it up for yourself and like just stop bringing friends to the roller like to the to cheapskates like stop mm -hmm. bringing friends to cheapskates yeah <laughs> and um I mean this is like 25 years ago Michelle brain um but when I put my quads on and went to the skate park by myself there was a completely different reaction that I got to the locals like at Channel Street for instance then I would have had I had rollerblades on. And I think the reason is because they're like <laughs> roller skates were broken. Like there's some history with roller skating and skateboarding that's familiar to skateboarders. There's trucks, you know, it, we wear this, like they look more alike. They look like tiny skateboards attached to your shoes. Mm -hmm. So I think skateboarders and roller skaters are like, I don't know, maybe like I would show up to the channel street, which is like a pretty like rough place to go skating. Like it's a DIY spot that was made by skateboarders. Like it's not, I don't know if rollerbladers are welcome there, but I know that like the DIY spot from where I'm from in Philly, like people get glass bottles thrown at them if they go rollerblading. Yeah. FDR. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like mm -hmm. going there and then meeting friends, like old guys that are like, Oh my God, that's pretty cool. Compared to like, they probably would just ignore me if I showed up on rollerblades. Like that was a, that was a cultural like, huh, hmm. why is that? And like, I don't know, we could go into that if you, if you want to. No, it's, it, it, it's fair. I think it was a fair question. I think it was a good answer too. Uh, hopefully as our society progresses, um, as we're in the focus of focusing on inclusivity and, you know, the importance of diversity, hopefully all cultures go in that way and we all can be you know inclusive and enjoy and share our cultures with one another you know whether it be skateboarding or blading you know or uh bmx or whatever or you know it could be it could be air hockey whatever it is we're <laughs> almost similar than different toys. yeah like they're, they're toys. toys it's all for the kids like i feel like we're just kind of experiencing all for the kids. this I like feel that. like this is a life extension like I don't know if you're feeling that, but like, I'm 37 years old and I'm doing the same exact thing that I was doing 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not, my mom Me would too, not tell you much, that yeah. story. <laughs> you know, like my mom's not doing that. Like our generation is doing that. We're like living younger and not by the old design of life. And I don't know, like you could, st it, I think it's cool when like young people don't know the difference. Like they call roller skates roller blades, or like mm -hmm. they call like they don't know the difference. They mm -hmm. they didn't live that drama, so it's like up to our like it's up to us to like not relive or like relive that drama because yeah, like it existed. Like there are like for okay, she, that person mentioned indie. Like 
Andy moved to our city when a world had already been created and like took a camera to our world mm-hmm. before any of us, uh, any of other, any of us did. Like okay. no one was making like a skating YouTube channel about like the world that we created. It was like, a, um, it was, you guys are doing it pure, purely. Like, yeah. And like we naturally. were hiding stuff for kids. Like yeah. I think Indy's original intention was like, this is going to be for kids. So no drinking and put the weed away. And like this kind of like fake feeling of like projecting what was really going on in the mm. skating culture. And like, um, there's always a space, like for instance, I watch, I'm going to go on a two. I like Jason Sinsman. He comes to my camp. Like he comes to the Moxie skate camp, not my camp, but our camp. Yeah. And he was the first person that like gave me a pair of rollerblades. And like, I learned about roller skating or like, I learned about, I saw Brian Wainwright first at camp, Mm -hmm. but like he was the first person that really like put me on blades and like helped me experience the world of ramp skating. Yeah. So he like always. Brian comes Wainwright was a roller skater. A lot of people, to, yeah. to those who don't know, Brian Wainwright, famous roller skater on vert. Mm-hmm. So Jay, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like Jason and I watched Renee Holgreen's Air Attack together. Oh and, yeah, he used to roller skate too. Mm-hmm. Like, and so did Ty Chris, and mm-hmm. like a lot of those European inline skaters. Like, it was amazing to watch Jason watch this video because he was like what i thought we invented that (laughs) you know like no way like they were like i thought that like his whole history was kind of like flipping inside out as we're watching this air attack video because not a lot of inline skaters make twist right as miguel told me Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. um he did fred blood Mm -hmm. um but yeah there it's like there were people roller skating on ramps in the 70s that came before me i did not like you know, there were, there were, um, there was like, there's always, I don't know, what were we even talking about before, but there's always a space that like someone's stepping into and not getting the full history before they don't realize that they're changing it. And did you, that's a like, good, that's a good point. It's good to know the your history because everything comes from somewhere. Yeah. Everything yeah. comes from somewhere. And like, when we, when we put like boundaries on it and we say like, we own this or like, we started this, like mm. you're wrong. You're dead Not wrong. a good attitude. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one started anything. Like we're, yeah. we're evolving. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I feel that. I feel that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why are you now, sorry? <laughs> Don't be sorry. I'm sorry Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll, we'll do a couple more questions because uh, we got, we got a few more, but it's been an, I think it's been a nice chat. A good chance. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, be great. Well, I, I have a question from Miguel. He says, "When are we going skating?" He's off work. Uh, <laughs> he's like, "Lol." Shut he's gonna up. have to. <laughs> Why did you interview? <laughs> have, Brian Fuller has a Philly-related question. Oh, Philly! What is your favorite incarnation of cheap skates? Vert ramp slash bowl era, the no bowl slash but bigger street course era, or the Novert kinked down rail slash long ledge era. So many eras of cheapskates. Wow. Yeah, I, mean, I think quite I specific, was, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think I like the vert ramp era. Okay. But I I th- I remember the vert ramp was there and like it was just a regular spine, and then they expanded. They turned the spine into a bowl, and I remember not. I think I think that's when I went. 
Like I loved that mini ramp so much. And when it turned into like spine in a bowl, I think I, I think I remember being disappointed. Um, yeah, I hope I don't have that backwards. I've got a terrible memory, but I love that Philly? program. Huh? Do you, do you miss Philly? Um, <laughs> Not the winters. No, I even miss the winters. Like I miss my really? family. Yeah, I miss the people. Like, yeah, I miss Philly, but um, I'm like getting ready to get out of California too, or like out of Long Beach and I don't know. I'm ready to move on to something. New chapter. Yeah. I'm, I need to get out of this freaking apartment first. <laughs> All right. I don't know well, where I'm going, but I'm getting out of this damn apartment. <laughs> well, I've heard some of your plans and uh, we all got to stay tuned because I know you got a ton of stuff that you got planned and you're, you're, that you've made massive contributions, but they're not over by a long shot. And uh, no. all of us are going to be looking forward to seeing your projects. I have an idea of what you're doing and it's, it's, I'm going to be very excited to look forward to seeing all that stuff. Yeah. I really like, I mean, I moved to Long Beach because it reminded me of Philly more than any other city in that I've lived like, you know, Manhattan beach I lived in and like anywhere in LA, I wouldn't want to live in LA. Long mm. Beach is like a gritty city. And I love that. It's very diverse. Like that was the reason why I moved here is because there's people from all over the place. It feels like, not the same you know like you're i like long beach and i really love philly i love i miss philly yeah i miss philly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay <laughs> good well, answer um, yeah i'm sorry austin did you no, no, no. <laughs> okay sorry um it's it's tough with the zoom sometimes the delay yeah, we can't get those like uh yeah. those in the room cues that we mm -hmm. could do to one another like the little subtle cues but um where can people yeah, we're probably gonna end this soon this has been an amazing chat but where can people follow you if they want to i mean youtube um obvi I, obviously it's estrogen at uh instagram at estrogen but uh what what about your youtube because i know you're doing a ton of stuff with that and uh if people want to go to support you where can they go um so my personal page is like not evolved at all but i do comment on there and i just did um, but I don't really post or maintain that, but the Moxie skates YouTube channel has been like a really big priority of ours. Um, the Moxie roller skates production team and all of our, like, we call them sunbeams, like influencers, like all the people that come onto our okay, channel. I can like, dig it. It's, I'm done with the hippie stuff. Well, like <laughs> our whole, like our company is there's like, we just, it's kind of set up like a farm and, <laughs> and like every department is like farm themed or plant and fruit themed. Um, but the sunbeams are like, our products are, anyway, the Moxie Skates channel, it's youtube.com forward slash Moxie Skates. I'm on there a lot, but only because we started it uh, just before COVID started. And like, it was difficult to get people together and even it's it's still difficult to get people together. We don't want to yeah, get people together, really. <laughs> it's a tough time right now, yeah. So we're doing like there's you can see there's like a lot of roller skating culture on there. Podcasts, different personalities teaching skating, um, interviews, history of roller skating. There's no rollerblading on there, but oh, there's that. a lot of roller skating. <laughs> hey, that's all right. She's like, there's no rollerblading. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. no rollerblading. So YouTube.com/slash Moxie Skates M O X I Skates. Well, Thanks. 
Yeah, we'll put links to everything too, especially the Moxie Skates website where people could get their own Moxie Skates too and check out the products you're making, learn more about the company, all that stuff. Yeah, well, I'm on Instagram as Estrogen. Our company's on there, Moxie Roller Skates. And yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, yes, I'm sorry, I almost cut you off a couple of times because this we're very new to the Zoom and I'm sorry, we're still trying to figure this out. No. But- I talk way too much. I'm no, sorry. You, no, you sorry. don't. You're you're an amazing guest. But um, would you like to impart any last words before we sign off? Hell yeah, I do. Just really quickly. Take your um, time. I want to thank. Uh, like this is you know blading is a is a part of my history, and I really want to thank like just a lot of people that have inspired me or I've skated with and have affected like this awesome life that I feel like I'm living. Uh, Jason Stinsman, Sue Campbell, Fallon Heffernan, Katie Ketchum, Deb West, Adam Kilgore, Thumper, Janine Schaefer, Mark and Dre Englehart, Mike Bennett, Brandon Fabiani, Brian Lux, Brian Woods, J.R. Halleck, rest in peace, Tyler Hank, Joe Ackler, uh, Phil Pacey, Shorty, John Smith, I miss you, man. Thank you so much for being my friend in Philly. I love you. Uh, Paul, Chelsea Borcini, Stacey Mulligan, Little Rachel, I think I already said Deb West, but I'll say it again, Richie Velasquez, Pam Velasquez, uh, Angie Walton, you're like such an amazing business inspiration for me, like opening up the like thrasher of blading and seeing a woman like in the credits as the editor is like, just, it's such a big deal. And Thanks so much for doing everything that you did for that magazine. Um, Fabiola da Silva, you were like the queen of all of it. Any skater, like any quad skater that's like ever looked up to me, please look up Fabiola da Silva. She's like, she is the queen of all skating, like even you boys. Um, (laughs) Salima Sanga is like, Salima Sanga was as a kid, like I really looked up to Salima. Um, Montre Livingston, Danny Beers, Joe Atkinson, Ayumi Kawasaki, you're my favorite skaters today. Uh, Brian Wainwright, Duke Rennie, Fred Blood, and Renee Hallgreen, and of course, my partner, Miguel Ramos. And thanks so much, guys, for having me on here. You are really the appreciate best. What you're doing. That, the that best. was the best way to end an episode. There were so many <laughs> good people on that list. That was, that was incredible. Those are good people right there. Everyone should check out all those people. Bringing a tear to my eye. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much for You're coming on and doing this with us. You were awesome. It was great <laughs> learning you a lot guys. from you. I'm sure everyone learned a lot from you as well. <laughs> thank you so much. Your podcast is rad. Keep going. Thank um, you. Keep, You're welcome keep at any time. <laughs> everyone needs Peace. to know about it. Thank you, Very everyone, cool. for joining. Thank you, everyone. Peace. We'll see you on the next one. Good night.